Hello, welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, Director of Adhesive Sales for Bona. I'm Rob Johnson from, where am I from? Bona Training. How are you doing, Rob? Pretty good. Hey, you sitting too close to your camera or something? I... Am I? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Is that, is that better? Okay. Much All better. Right. All right. I thought it'd be more intimate this time with you. <laughs> That's okay. All right, Rob. Um, where were you this week, buddy? I, uh, where was I? Can't remember where I was. was uh, um, oh, uh, you know what? I was, uh, I was in Pittsburgh and I, I was going to say this at the end of the show, but uh, maybe we'll talk about it now or say at the beginning, beginning of the show. Uh, uh, rest in peace to, uh, Gene Rossi, a great distributor an icon, hell of a guy, a very respected distributor out of Pittsburgh who uh, passed away uh, a few days ago. Uh, we got a chance to go up and see him uh, before he passed away. And um, uh, he meant a lot to me. He meant a lot to a lot of people. He was a great, great guy, great distributor. And uh, so, yep, we uh, lost a good one in our industry. Yeah, so. we really did. Um, a few years back, I had worked with Gene. Him and I went out and trained uh, maintenance crews for different schools around him because he sold a lot to um schools and uh him and i went around tra training guys on the prep system and stuff and uh it was uh such a fun week i mean we just had more laughs that week and uh he brought he even brought me out and wanted to make sure when i was there that i got one of those pittsburgh sandwiches i don't even know what they're called i think they're just called the pittsburgh where they have everything on one sandwich, coleslaw, french fries, and everything. But you know, the other thing about him is every single year, he would bring his customers down to Nashville and treat them to a week. You know, we'd always do a school down there, but yeah, he just treated his people like a king. Um, he's going to be missed. Uh, he was one of the good ones. Yeah, and um, you know, a young guy, 67 years old, too young. But what a lot of people may not know about him, I want to see what tournament he won here. I didn't know he was such a pool player. He he was uh he was an avid billiards player. He won the BCA World Championships with his friends and and teammates in in Las Vegas just recently while he was sick, Jeez. and uh, won a lot of money. Um, he was a tremendous pool player, uh, very competitive and. Uh, Super nice guy. So our, our condolences to, uh, to, to his family and friends, and there's a lot of them. So there you go. All right, uh, Rob, you know, we're, we have to, we're going to, you and I talked about doing this episode and we both said, well, we got, we kind of talk about this delicately. So the to topic is like transitioning to a, from a contractor to a sales rep or being a sales rep. And um, what we want to be, you know, very mindful of Rob and I both because we were contractors most of our lives that uh, we like, we don't want to be, oh, woe is me. You know, oh, this is a hard job. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to never tell one of the guys that you know, or gals that worked in one of the toughest trades in the, in, in, the, in America that our job is hard. So um, it's not going to go that direction. So I don't want, I want people right away to, to know that. Um, Did you see I, that? I saw, I, yeah. Did you see that? I think hardwood floor guys came in at number seven. I thought it was number 15. 
Oh, was it 15? Yeah, maybe number seven if they work for you. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. They, no, Rob's... we can, we'll have your brothers on the show. Oh, we'll no, see who's no, number no. seven. Yeah. No, we won't. Yeah. Um, at times, the other thing is hey, number one. Hey, anything, top 15? I think anything in the top 15 is unbelievable. So Yeah, and what Rob's talking about is uh, some survey came out that the hardest jobs uh, in, to work with in America, and uh, hardwood floors came in. I, I thought it came in, in uh, hardwood floors were finishing, I think, came in at number one, or excuse me, number 15 on the list. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, a lot of trades will debate that uh, because every, anybody doing hard manual labor is going to tell you that their job is the hardest. I've done a lot of hard manual labor jobs in my life. I mean, I've, I've, I've not had very many easy jobs in my life. I ran a jackhammer before in construction. I cut tobacco, which may have been the toughest job uh, I've ever done as a kid. But uh, it's a, nevertheless, it doesn't matter. It's a hard, hard job. We talk about it all the time. But my shot put coach, he played for the New England Patriots. So he played professional football, Jerry Elliott. You know, he wasn't up there very long, but played at Ohio State. Then he made it to the Patriots. And one day I was just hanging out. We used to just hang out and talk to him and everything. And he said, but now remember, he's a professional football player, a lineman. Mm-hmm. And he said the same thing. He's had tons of different jobs. Toughest job he ever had, being a mover. No kidding. That's what he said. I go, you played professional football? He goes, oh, God, man, that was easy. Yeah. Compared to being a mover? Wow. Professional football was a walk in the park compared to being a mover. Uh, I've said it before that uh, a good friend of mine, is, we used to work out together for probably th- two or three years, and, and he was built like uh, Mike Tyson. I mean, he was he was a bodybuilder. I mean, and he was on steroids, and he was huge. And um, I hired him. I figured, God, this guy, I mean, you know, he's stronger than this, man. The guy's going to be great. Right. And I, I think, I don't know if he lasted a week. If he did, it was just around a week. When he told my brother, he goes, ah, I ain't doing this, man. It's too hard. And we thought he was joking. My brother told me, and I, and I started laughing like he's joking, right? He goes, no, he quit. He's just not going to, he doesn't want to work this hard. And, uh, you know, we were installing and he's humping wood upstairs, like we all were, no different than the rest of us. We didn't give him, because you're a bodybuilder, you're doing this. He just had to fit right in with the crew. And, uh, it was too hard. Um, we used to have union carpenters sometimes that uh, on larger jobs, we would have to hire union help to, you know, to get stuff done. And back then when we were nailing up lanes by hand, you know, before we were using the synthetics and everything where they all come pre-made, but nailing by hand, you were using, you ever see the hardened steel screw nails? right and going through maple you know your hand you know hand nailing through inch thick pieces of maple and it was pretty funny because if you hit one the wrong way they would just start flying all over i mean you could kill somebody with these things right Mm -hmm. and uh but carpenters you know union guys are used to common nails and a nice stud right Sometimes they would not come back from lunch. They go to lunch and that was it. They weren't coming back. We used to go through tons of union help when we were doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I worked as a carpenter four years as an apprentice carpenter until I turned out as a journeyman. 
And there's hard parts of being, a, especially it was all commercial work. There's hard parts of doing that job, but there's a lot of standing around. There's not, you're not bent over all day or on your knees all day and up and down a thousand times. You're not walking as much as the guy is behind a machine, uh, pulling a 200 pound machine. And I was in the labor's union, which was a very tough job, a very tough job, especially the guy I worked for and what we did. But it was more, uh, it was less stressful, it was more fun because who cares what we do? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, it's almost like, it's almost okay. being like, like playing in sports because you're outside, you can't hurt nothing. You're all pretty much everybody who's there. You're, you're I'm not gonna say you're an athlete if you're, if you're doing that, but you're pretty, you know, it, it's a, it's that whole environment in construction. If you can't hang, if you, I'll tell you what, if you got any soft skin, any softness about you whatsoever, you would never last in construction. I don't, maybe today, today is obviously different, but man, it was brutal. It, it's not so much the work, the work is hard too, but you got to be able to put up with a lot, man. And if you can't hang with being made fun of or, or, or whatever, or, or just, you know, that environment, man, if you can't hang in that environment, you just, you're not going to last. Uh, yeah, but you gotta but was, be. A, you can't be a counter puncher. You gotta be. You gotta throw yeah. the first hit. You gotta throw the first punch. Yeah, and that um, makes your life so much easier. There's less stress than there is a hardwood floor guy because it's out. It's construction. Like I said, it was. You know, what do you? You know, it's you know, break a shovel or whatever. You know what I mean? It, it, it's uh, there was not nowhere near as much stress. So on to being a sales rep. You and I both transitioned into, into being a sales rep. And the reason why we kind of talk about this is because in our travels, a lot of times you, you hear people say, yeah, hey, I'm thinking about being a sales rep or I would like to be a sales rep or what have you. Um, so we thought, well, you know what? You and I both transitioned from being a sales rep. And what is our experiences like uh, making that transition? So maybe you thought we would talk about that. And because, look, some guys say, my wife, I was telling you the other day, my wife said, there's no way in the world I would be in sales. I just, I just thought I couldn't do it. wouldn't want to do it. I have no desire to do it. And there's people that would, you know, for good reason, would never want any part of it. Uh, and there's some people that like, I, I had a lot of, um, um, you know, what I thought the job was and what it actually is, is two different things uh, in some respects. So. Oh yeah, that's why I'm glad we uh, uh, we because I was just the only my notes were all I was gonna you know look into reading some articles and everything and I said oh wait a minute I remember what I went through starting out so I, I should have wrote an article. There's a lot of misconceptions that uh, and I didn't read any. We don't you didn't have to read anything and I don't have to read anything. We just no. talked about our, our <laughs> no. Own, once our, I started our, writing stuff down, I was like oh yeah. And then there's that and this and that. Yeah, absolutely. I've always said when you're a contractor, um, we talk about stress level when you're a contractor. Uh, let's say you're, 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 you're going along and things are humming pretty good. You know what I mean? And this is, you know, every job's got a certain amount of stress level, but it's, it's there. It's like a low hum or whatever. But then there's massive spikes, like the finish isn't drying. Uh, and you have to get it done today. She's they're coming home today. Like that's a massive strike in strike uh, in in the uh, in stress. How much you want to say? Um, spike. A spike. Thank you. In, in spike. stress. 
or um, you see, see, I pay attention to you. Yeah, I know you, do. you don't think uh, I pay uh, attention to you, but uh, thank you, Rob. Uh, I pay attention. Yes, or, you're right. Massive spikes. Let's say uh, you sing the floor today. You feel great. You got the floor stained. You come home. You're watching TV, and you get that that phone call or that text message. I don't like the color. I hate the color. That's not the color. Like that's a massive spike in stress. Okay, you don't necessarily get those in sales. In my, it's been my experience. But there's a steady stress level that does never go away, and that is the number. The number. You are responsible for a number, the number, and nothing else matters. The economy doesn't matter. Nothing matters. That's that number. You got to hit that number. Yeah, yeah. And just and here's what it's here's what I equate it to. Uh, just like if you hired a, a journeyman floor guy to um, to work for you, and um, he shows up on day one, and, and you realize he's only getting like eighty square feet a day installing, you're not going to keep that guy around. And you're if you're in sales, you're not going to keep a guy around that doesn't sell. And it's there's stats. There's uh, I mean, <laughs> everything is documented. Everything is like I mean, it is all out there for the world to see uh, in your company you work for. I mean, everything is a stat sheet. Uh, so you're responsible for that. That is your that is your number. That is your responsibility. Nothing else matters. You know, uh, when you said nothing else matters. The first thing that hit my head, like the economy's bad or, you know, the weather's been bad. Guys can't work, so they can't buy fin. all that stuff. All I could think of was the movie Goodfellas. Remember when Paulie bought into the restaurant? Yes. Yeah. And and then uh, yeah. Henry was doing the, oh, you don't, <laughs> oh, you didn't mm -hmm. make sales? F you, pay me. F yeah. you, pay. Yeah. Oh, the economy's mm -hmm. bad? F you, pay me. Yeah. That's exactly what that sounded like. Um, we always, you know, I think one of the greatest movies, I, I put it in my top 10 movies of all time is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And um, there's a scene in that movie where uh, Jack Lemmon is dying. I mean, the stress level. I mean, just hang on to his job and things are not going good and whatever. And he's absolutely dying. And, the, and his boss has no mercy whatsoever on his situation. I mean, he's got a daughter at home that has special needs or something, and he's really, I mean, Big God matter. bless him. Right. He, 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 he just, you know, he needs this job so bad. And there's a line and in the movie. we're not going to give you the leads either. Yes. And he <laughs> said, why? Like, why? And it's probably the most important line in the entire movie, and most people probably uh, went unnoticed by most everybody. And the line is because, the line is, because I don't like you. That's the line. Um, <laughs> success in business often comes down to likability. Uh, the expression sink or swim has a lot of, of more factors to it than just sink or swim when you're in sales. Um, so it just. We got to talk about, you know what? We, we got to talk about one more movie. Yeah. Anybody wanting to get into sales, watch some sales movies. That's what you should do. Glenn Gary going Ross is a good one. But did you ever see uh, the one with DeVito, Tin Men? Oh, I, I love that movie, yeah. Where they sold yeah. the aluminum siding? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie, that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. That There's was a, a good one. 
there's an there's an English show on Netflix now that's the kind of the same thing, and it's hilarious. The guy is selling selling uh, siding, and he thinks anybody could do it. So, but he doesn't realize you have to hire people and do the work. So he's he's also figures he could save money by doing the work. He's doing atrocious work, absolutely <laughs> atrocious. I mean, they show it. The the the, the miters are so far off and everything in the corners and oh man, it's a disaster. But yeah. The the sale the some of the sales stuff that was going on in Tin Men, the things that they were saying to the homeowner and the things that they were doing, but that was all great. But I thought some of the restaurant scenes were just hysterical. Just all the sales guys going out to breakfast and talking during breakfast was was a crack up. Haven't seen that movie. I highly recommend it. Great movie. So there there's different levels of selling. And the nice thing, actually, I think about being in our industry, and I'll say our company, but I would say most companies in the, in, in our industry, is that um, these are, you know, these are lifetime, you hope, lifetime things, you're, you're, you know, sales that you're, you're working on. It's not like a car salesman where, you know, hey, you guys going to buy a car, whether it works for the next two months down the road, who cares, because you, it's, you know, you never see the guy again, you're selling them one thing one time and you're done. It doesn't work that way in our industry. And the nice thing about working for Bona, and it's not a Bona commercial, but I, and I, I tell my guys, and I think, you know, you feel the same way. We don't have to win every battle, you know, and we don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to please everybody. I think you just, you just put the product out there and say, this is what the product does and be honest and genuine about the product. And um, some guys will resonate with it and some guys won't, but uh, it's a small industry. And there's nothing more important than your. I'm getting off track now, but your, but your, your own word and your reputation. So that that trumps everything. So it's not like a situation like a pressure cooker situation where you you have to you know you have to do these things no matter what or you're out the door. Um, it's a different type of atmosphere than than some other industries. I think. You know what I mean? Oh my God! Yeah, I mean we. It hit me one day, uh, I didn't realize how lucky we were to be selling Bona products. You know, I knew they were great and everything when I started. But um, so I had been in sports sales for a few years. And in sport, we used to also sell, sell to to Jansan, right? The Jansan houses, janitorial supply places that would buy sport products for schools. Assuming, I remember doing a sales call, the guy literally was, this place was two miles from my house. I drove by this place thousands of times. And then one day I go, geez, I'm going to go in there and, you know, he's a Jansan guy. And I go, imagine having Rob Johnson living so close to you. How lucky. Right? Yeah. How lucky is this guy? So I walked in started throwing my stuff down and talking and you know we're nba and ncaa and we're this and we're that and you know i'm fourth generation you know coded millions of gyms and millions of feet of gyms and the guy literally leans back in his chair and folds his hands across his chest and he goes never heard of you guys (laughs) and i'm like no no man we're we're bona of course you've heard of us you know and uh, my God, uh, I did every wrong thing a sales guy could do because it, it just, 
that when he said never heard of you guys and i knew he was serious wow did that throw a curveball at me i'm used to hitting fastball straight down the middle and all of a sudden i am swinging and missing it was i wish it was on video because it would have been clap you could have showed every guy that you hire do not do this and and it just kept i just <laughs> worse and worse and worse and oh my god it was a disaster so i think what people don't what i never expected making the jump into sales is you got to constantly be practicing you have to practice no matter no matter how long you've been doing it you, you do definitely need to practice because there's new products, there's new procedures, and you just can't, you know, I think we get comfortable and we just start rolling with stuff. And But that one was definitely, that one was pretty funny. I look back at that one now. and You, you said something that's, uh, that's interesting there, though. You said, uh, I'm a fourth generation floor man. The the uh, say the one thing that you uh, being going from a contractor into sales is it's not about you anymore. Nobody cares about you. Yeah. It, it really, truly, it doesn't matter what you've done. It uh, it's how can you be of value to that guy and to their company, whatever. So you don't you don't matter anymore. And and I think you have to you got to check your ego pretty quick and think that you've done so. People don't care. Rightly so. You know what I mean? I mean. <laughs> You know, it's it's their business and whatever, and what we've done or you've done or whatever doesn't matter. Means nothing anymore. It's it's, it's just another sales guy wasting his time. Yeah. So let's let's talk about travel because um, I remember I was on a fishing trip with one guy, Rob, and um, uh, it was like a three day fishing trip, and we're sitting around the campfire at night, and he said, you know. I've, I've been married for eight years and this is the first night I sp- I've spent away from my wife. And I went, oh, <laughs> but he was a pretty big guy. So I had to <laughs> act like yeah. you were coughing. Yeah. Um, that's so sweet. Um, there's a, a the amount of time away from home is, I think, really surprises a lot of people. And there's a deal breaker for a lot of people and people with young kids and what have you. And I, I, I think that is, cannot be overlooked. Um, I became, I got into sales game later in life, um, the sales business later in life. And I think you did too. And we already had, Mike, you know, I, didn't, I don't have any kids. Your, your kids were already pretty much grown, I think. But I no, think- they were- um... They were all young. So you were just a negligent father. Oh, uh, I did things that. Uh... No, I wasn't negligent. You got to make up for it, though. Yeah, you got to make up for it. Um, one of the things that and this is. Believe me, I'm not telling everybody, anybody what to do, but there were certain things that when I went on the road and. um golf i had to give up golf motorcycles things that you do by yourself on the weekends now you get to spend that time with your family because you're gone 
so many days out of the week. That was that was my thing. Yeah, well, uh, what what's changed for me is I travel so much now. Is uh, when I am home, I do more things with Judy. Yes. Um, when I'm home, it's it's you know. Um, uh, listen, I, I also I, I it depends on your your relationship with your spouse too, because I, I we've probably all been out with guys when we're at work or whatever, and and, and they they take a call from home, and it's uh, man, I, I don't know how you can do that and be on the road and and you you have such a needy spouse or whatever, you know what I mean? That that's calling all the time. I don't it's, know. It's how- uh, it's something that it should during the job interview somebody somewhere down the line should probably interview the guy's wife or yeah. the, the person's wife yeah if you, the spouse right if you're going to go on the road because everybody says the same thing everybody i've ever talked to but you uh you ask a guy oh you know how are you with being on the road oh no problem no problem yeah oh i love travel oh, okay can i get you? your wife's number how about the wife the kid let's let's bring everybody in <laughs> yeah um so that that is uh that and then there's the act of just traveling itself uh today is um and again i would just i cannot stress enough we want to make it so clear that we're not saying you know oh woe is us because we we understand the other side of the business too we we totally get that too but again for people that because i we do get i probably every year i probably get three or four people or, or more come up and ask me about it or whatever. And uh, I know it seems like every sales rep does. The travel cannot be uh, underscored enough that it is, it's also, I mean, it takes a toll. You're away so many days. And, um, um, you know, even going out to dinner every night by yourself, you know, every night, I mean, there's nothing like dinner for one. Um, actually it's, it's, it's easier now that we have cell phones and whatever, you can be at a restaurant and be less, uh, uh, it's nothing like when the guy, I don't think I told you in Texas, I was in Texas recently. I said, yeah, he goes, how many, and every time you say one, they get this disappointed and look in their eye, like, ah, I gotta deal with this clown. There's no tip. There's one guy, you know, you know, and, and you often get treated like that too. You could, you could see that. Um, and they park you right in the middle of the restaurant. Like, let's 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 put this p- clown on display, and just sit him right in the middle of the restaurant. Dinner for one, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, you know those. I type would of- think that you would be okay. I mean, you know, I I know you're kind of fond of yourself. You're your own best company. Uh, huh. um, yeah, I, I don't care. Here, here's I'll tell you something, and I'll I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you this, man, and I and I'll say this about young kids today, especially girls I see on on uh, on Facebook and stuff like this. You got to be careful that your validation doesn't come from outside sources. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, yeah, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh, you look so beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Look at me in this picture. Blah blah blah. Man, there's something about growing up ugly like me and you, Rob, that. We don't have to worry about stuff like that. You know, I don't worry about what other people think, but, but being parked in the middle of a restaurant. Now I just call me ugly. I I said us. I I know uh, you did. I I always uh, thought that I made it up with my charm. Well, you do. I've always said that about you. The charming guy. Charming fellow. Yeah. 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 All right. I thought at one time you also had some, some, um, um, 
whatever you said that about yourself. So I thought I was okay if I included you in this. <laughs> um, uh, well, then there... I, you know, are we done with travel? I think so. Yeah. If you think you're going to do it, sit down with your spouse, mm-hmm. have a nice long conversation and don't blow this off. <laughs> really, really be honest about it. Um, yeah. Cause it, I mean, you and I have both seen a lot of marriages go down the tubes mm-hmm. because of uh, stuff, guys being on the road, mm-hmm. people being on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it can be, uh, it can be challenging. It's not, uh, I was lucky, Pauline, from the first date, Pauline and I went on, we went on a couple of dates and then I said, well, you know, I'll be back, uh, I think it was like a Sunday or something. And I said, yeah, I'll see you next week, you know, or I'll see you next Friday, or you want to go out next Friday or something like that, because I was on the road all week long. So she already knew that was part of so your... So she, from date one, you know, she has um, always been... You know, she understood it. Yeah. Her father traveled around a little bit, too, so, you know, it wasn't a big stretch. But for for people who aren't used to it, it's... um. It can be pretty, uh, pretty insane. Um, you got anything else? My wife didn't grow up like that at all, but I think she felt like just having any part of me at all would be worth, you know, putting up with the, the, the you know, the other part of it. Just that was a quiet bell. Did you hear yeah. was that? Yeah, it was a, was a very soft, understated. That bell. was a, yeah, a yeah, quiet yes. bell. That's for yeah. that listener, that anonymous listener. That, that guy. Like the bell. Didn't like the bell that I see. Every voice matters, you know. We listen to them. We try uh, to selling for a living is another. Uh, you, you think about selling for a living is you're having to uh, change buying practices sometimes, change habits, buying habits, and and persuade people, and uh, put yourself out there in front of people, and that's not for everybody. As I said, my wife said, nope, I couldn't do that for for." I know a lot of people that they say, nope, I just couldn't. And we also hired people that were that were not from the sales industry that that came into sales and in, in a very short amount of time go, no, that's not for me. And especially I see this with guys that are studs. If you're a stud flooring contractor, a lot of times what happens is people are chasing you all the time because you're, you know, you're the guy, right? So people are always chasing you and wanting to use the products and everything like that. And then you go to work as a sales rep. And now when I go back to that part, all that stuff that you did before, it doesn't matter anymore. And now you got to chase other people. And sometimes that, that, that is not comfortable for, for, for people. Um, and it doesn't work out really well. Yeah. I've, I, think I, of, I mean, think about it. it. You go back to, I always like to go back to Wayne Gretzky. I'm a Bobby Orr fan, but I guess you got to give it up. Wayne Gretzky could be one of the greatest hockey players of all time. <laughs> one of the greatest hockey players of all time. So you could be one of the greatest floor guys of all time. And I know you're thinking, yeah, I know. I am. Thank you. I know that's what you're thinking. That's okay. You're good. But that doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky was a terrible coach. Horrible coach. 
ended up being a pretty decent general manager, but they're still having it. But you know what I mean? It it's completely different. And you know, playing hockey and coaching hockey are completely different things. Where laying floors or sanding floors is a whole hell of a lot different than selling. Yeah. I mean, really, has they they really have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, it's great that you have the background, you have the knowledge, but it's a completely different thing. Yeah. And you're also going to have to deal with a lot of rejection. Again, going back to me and you in life, we're built on, built for rejection. <laughs> nothing to it for us. You just keep asking girls out. That's what yes. I've been telling anybody, uh, uh, you know, young kids I talk to now who are in high school, ask out one or two girls a day. Don't don't mess around. Yeah. Waiting a month. Mm-mm. One or two a day. OK, get lots of hooks out there. Pretty soon. Rejection means nothing to you. Rejection is not you. you yeah. You know, you bob and weave with it. Yeah. But if you're holding it to once a month. Hmm. That's it, tough. Yeah. I've I've been kicked out of stores before, retail stores. <laughs> um just flat out get out of here, blah blah blah. You you don't have an appointment or whatever. You're just uh yeah, too busy, leave. Uh just and so let's face it, some people just don't like salespeople. And so um you know Can so you think of one specific one that just shocked you i got a i got a real good one yeah uh, i want to hear yours I, I know we could both go on forever but i got a pretty good one well I'll, I'll, okay i i've got a few of them but i'll say one that actually and this is a lesson for people because it actually turned into a hell of a win but uh i went to one and they were they're in our industry but they're more on the jansen side of our industry okay on the west coast and uh, when you go in there, you, there's a lady sitting at the front. You can't get past her. And she's, a, she's an older lady. She's been there a long time. She's, uh, uh, she's the first piece of person you see, and you have to get past to get to who you want to get to. I came in there. At the time, I wanted to show them a, a piece of equipment that we sold. It was not, uh, not Bona at the time. Okay? It was another company. We had a piece of machinery that I wanted to sell in the Jansan world. Okay. Uh, so I, I went to her and I said, I would like to, she stopped me right there. She said, you have an appointment. I said, no, she goes, you dismissed, you, you can't, nope, no interest. I said, okay, can I make an appointment? She goes, no, we're not interested. I said, okay. <laughs> I came back like four or five weeks later. I said, I, you know, with another, I said, ma'am, I just like to, if I could just, nope, nope, nope. We're, we're not interested. Thank you very much. Please don't waste our time. Okay, fine. I come back a third time. Now, the third time I brought the machine with me in a brand new box had not been opened yet. And I said, I said, ma'am, before you say anything, this costs about $1,500. I'm giving it to you for free. You can take it right now. You can throw it in that dumpster out back if you want. But I know, I just no doubt in my mind that this is a great fit for your company. And she goes, I'm going to tell you for the last time. You're not welcome here. We're not interested for solicitors. We have our vendors we work with. We're not interested. Goodbye. Okay. So, you know, that, that hurts a little bit, you know, on the third time you might start taking it a little bit personal. So, um, I didn't want to, this is where, where I did start to go, but uh, long story short is, um, I reached out to the guy himself that owned the company 
I read a bunch of articles that he, he had written. I incorporated some of the words and language that he that he used in his articles as I sent it back to him. And he says, you know what? Actually, he didn't say anything. I got I was, I was driving down the road in Roner Park, California. And this guy called up. He said, are you, you waiting higher? I said, yep. He said, hey, you sent this in? Yep. He said, okay, I've got you on the phone here with so-and-so. And I'd like you to, if you got a few minutes, we can talk about it. Long story short, we set up an appointment. I came into a presentation. Now, when I did a presentation, I had to bring that machine by that lady who was, uh, so I said, good morning. Like, yeah, that's right. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. right. You that's remember right. me? That's right. Huh? The, that's right. You remember me? Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? So, um, we went on to sell a lot of those machines so much so that I opened up a new distributor in the area. Uh, so anyhow, put that as, yeah. So yes, I got, that's the, probably my most memorable, memorable one. Um, my first one, it was my absolute first sales call with the company, not the one we're with now, but our other life. And it was my first, you know, the first two weeks I had spent running around with other sales guys in other parts of the country. Then I got back Monday morning. There I am on my first solo call. First call solo. The Marinette, New York. And I walked in. All gung-ho. Got my stuff. My business card. And I said, hey, good morning. I'm, you know, route from blah, blah, blah. And the guy says, oh, wait a minute. Let me go get the, the guy you're supposed to be talking to give him my business card and he flings it back at me uh, I'm, <laughs> as i'm giving him my business card yeah. i'm saying i'm saying i am rob johnson from you know where and as i'm saying that it hits me in the chest boom like that he goes turn around and don't let the door hit you in the oh my god <laughs> And I was like, this is my first solo reel, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it was like somebody just slugged me in the gut. Wow. It was just you know why? slugged me in the gut. So I turned around and walked out. Wow. I went, started my car, and I just sat there in the car, and I'm thinking, this guy doesn't even know me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and there's not a lot of different finishes out there that he can sell. Mm -hmm. So I sat in the car for a little while. I bet I sat in the car for 15 minutes. Wow. Stunned. Yeah. And then I go, I can't leave. I can't leave. So I go back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy at the counter, the first guy I come in contact with, he sees me and he, he just lets out a little chuckle. Like, <laughs> he goes, wait a minute. Now the guy comes back and he's not an older guy either. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's much older than I am, right? Mm -hmm. And now the guy comes back and he is fuming. I mean, fuming. Yeah. So I said, look, I don't know what's going on. Okay, I don't know. You don't know me. I don't know you. I said, but did you have issues before? Mm -hmm. And when I said, did you have issues? Then the guy that I was replacing, 
he just went up one side of him and down the other. What a horrible human being this guy was and, you know, blah, blah, you know, the whole deal. That's when I learned, too, that it was a lot easier to follow somebody that everybody hated yeah. than it was, you know, like, who's going to follow mm-hmm. me or you? Right. right? <laughs> you had to have Jeremiah come in. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> it took a couple of months, you know, but eventually I won him over. The charm. You can't, of course. Yeah. You can't. You know, Absolutely. The Rob Johnson. You can't get away from the charm. But, uh, boy, I made a great decision that day not to drive away. If I had driven away, yeah, that could have never. So as pissed off as the guy was that I came back in, which I... You know, down inside, I was like, well, I really have nowhere to go. We're yeah, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you realize they can't beat you up. Right. <laughs> he probably could have kicked my ass, too. So, which brings us to the next thing is presentations. Oh. And you talk about horror stories, and, and yeah, I, I, I've had some bad ones. I've had some bad presentations. And I've seen some, I've seen some brutal presentations. Or you just and anybody who ever watches a sales guy just just crash and burn, it's bad for the whole room. I mean, there's nobody in that room feels good about it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's uncomfortable to watch, and it's uncomfortable to be the guy that's that's crashing and burning. And I've been on both sides of it. Oh, it's uncomfortable to watch, but it's ten thousand times more uncomfortable. Oh yeah, standing up there. I was uh, working for. Uh, um the year between being a, the company i work for now and the company i worked for in the past i i worked for a distributor <laughs> and um a lady asked me to do a presentation uh she she liked me a lot she knew me from my old company she thought i was great and you know good relationship oh that wayne he's always does it. he's great for us so she thought i'd be great for doing this presentation she asked me to do a presentation on a company that's a competitor of ours now I won't mention it only just because it doesn't I don't think it really matters, but I, whatever, they're a great company. Um, and um, I said, sure, I'll do it. Knowing that, man, I really don't want to do this presentation, but I'm going to have to start doing this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I really didn't want to do it. And I almost told her, no, you should probably get the rep to come in. You know, you, you do a good job. <laughs> that really would have been the move. <laughs> but, um, but I wanted to challenge myself. I thought, man, if I'm going to do this, I got to, you know, I got to, I got to get good at this. So she said, well, let's come down ahead of time and we'll talk about it and then um, we'll do it. So when I came down there before everybody, you know, showed up and everything uh, prior, a couple of days prior, she gave me, uh, she said, why don't you do this? Why don't you make these samples and then get, and you can hand them out to everybody and give everybody a penny and tell them that they can scratch it to see how tough it is. Okay. Well, I didn't like that idea because if you, it's a, you got 30 people in the room, some, somebody's going to scratch it hard enough to. I can uh, scratch anything with a penny. Uh, of course. So I just thought that was a bad move. And it, st- it stayed in my head that <laughs> I don't want to do that. She wants me to do it, but, and I really like her and she, I'm doing this for her, but I just think that's a stupid, that's a bad idea. So I didn't do it. So I went up there and I spoke about the product and Rob, it was absolutely horrible absolutely just bad and um so much so that i i didn't even want to tell her afterwards i didn't want to you know i just want to leave you know what i mean without even having to uh to, to talk to her after that so 
you know, these are learn. I talked about, I've talked about before going to uh, Toastmasters and uh, those type of things, um, which helped me tremendously because I realized at the time, which made me mad is like, okay, so I have all the years of experience. I've been doing floors forever. I know these products better than probably most any rep knows the products because I've did it for my whole life, but I can't talk about it. And if I can't talk about it, and I'm up there in a guy who's been a sales sell who's a sales guy, but he's never been in, you know, he didn't never been a floor man. He'd been a sales guy for two years. They, they say, well, who's the who's the who's the guy? They're gonna point at him and not me. Because I don't know how to talk about my product. You know what I mean? Or I'm too uncomfortable or I'm I don't get, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I had to really that was a really so that was you talk about challenges, talking in front of pu- pu- public speaking, and not stuttering, <laughs> public speaking. <laughs> Uh, public speaking uh, probably was one of the biggest things for me to overcome yeah it was definitely mine and it was something that it was something that i had seen other people doing you know i had been to some schools and nwfa stuff and you know i saw uh, the guy that i originally started working for i saw him get up and you know, talk in front of big crowds when we would go to, you know, bowling alley conventions and everything. And man, I, you know, I knew him, I was good friends with him and he just made it look effortless. Like there was no big deal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a, almost like a stand up comedian just can go up there and, you, you know, just, and then I did it. Oh my God. I, I, I literally thought I was going to pass out the first yeah. time I had to do it. And, you think you're prepared with knowledge of, you know, product knowledge and everything, but no, there was a whole different, you know, I think I've mentioned on the show before, I didn't do Toastmasters, but I took like a four day course down in Manhattan that cost, you know, I think it was like three grand. (laughs) And as soon as you walked in the room, they started taping you and everything you did was on video. And then everything was critiqued and then they repaired you from there, you know, but I think you have to find your style, look into what, you know, what you like with other people doing, but I know you and I had to go out and get lots of extra help to figure out how to talk in front of people and, and do presentations and everything, because that was the biggest, I think that was the biggest shock to my to the point where I did a couple, and I'm like, yeah, maybe this just isn't for me. Maybe yeah. it's time for me to move on. This is, mm-hmm. you know, can I do everything else except that, yeah. you know? Um, to me, it's like, uh, let's say you don't know how to swim, and you're standing on the edge of a pool, and you watch a guy swim swim by, yeah. and you say to yourself, oh, well, yeah, I see what he's doing. I, I can do that. And then you jump in, <laughs> and you don't know how to swim, is, is, to me, is what it's like. Um, mm. where I was quite comfortable in front of, you know, a few contractors, a homeowner or whatever, my friends, whatever, yeah, fine. But when you open the door and there's 50 people in the room, then, uh, it's, it's a, a different game and it takes us, it, this is a skill set. Just like, uh, for some guys are super, there's, there's, a, they're naturals. You know what I mean? Some guys, they just take to it like a duck, duck to water. But for most people, it's a skill set. And you have to, it takes practice and, 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 and uh, a lot of experience to, to, to get past it and get better at it. And here's the other thing too, you, you gotta want to get better at it. Cause just like we say, just because you've been sanding floors for 20 years, I mean, you have 20 years experience, 
you maybe you're doing the same thing over and over that first year, you know, for 20 years, the same thing in sales. If you, if you, if you don't want to get any better, if you don't try to get better and work on things, like you said, you have to practice. Uh, I think you absolutely do. So. I mean, one of the things that I learned from taking that, that course was when you're practicing, you're standing up practicing in front of a mirror. Yeah. You're not just sitting down reading it. You're, you're doing it to yourself. And it's, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it was shocking how much better you can get. It's a different type of practice. You're so right, because the difference between, let's say you have a presentation to do, and reading that presentation 20 times to yourself, just reading it, thinking, okay, yeah, I got it, is completely different than reading it aloud. It's a whole different thing. You don't, right. think, it's, you don't think it is, but it is. Yeah, uh, you so. might know the words to the song, but yeah. can so you sing? Yeah, you still got to sing it. Um, then there's the other thing too is uh, we'll just call them hecklers. <laughs> 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 um, I was in Chicago one time, and um, they flew me there to do a, a rolling demo because the the rep in the area was, he was an old school rep, super good guy. He had he he was way better than most every other thing than me. But he didn't. He wasn't a hands-on guy, and he didn't know how to roll. So he said, "You know, can you come out to Chicago, and I'll do the, you know, all the talking and everything. But I just want you to be able to to roll the product." I said, "Yeah, no problem." This guy would not let him go. There was a guy in the audience that would just not let this guy go, man, and it was brutal to the point where I wanted to fight him. I mean, I'm like, I'm done now. I'm, you know what? I'm done talking. And it's not even my fight, man. He's talking to the other guy, but it's like, all right, enough is enough, man. We're, we're going to, this is going to have to end one way or the other now. And it just kept going and going and get, and I, so yeah, so you, there is, you know, there's that. And there's also people that are not from our industry. A lot of times uh, contractors are intimidating. You know what I mean? Contractors can be very intimidating. They're good at what they do. They don't, they're no BS guys, a lot of them, and, and they're, they're very serious people, and this is their livelihood, and they're damn good at what they do. They don't suffer fools very easily. They want answers and whatever, and, and they're entitled to them, and, and you know, uh, sometimes you get put on the spot, and that's okay. That's part of the, it comes with the territory, but that's very difficult for, for a lot of people to, to, to handle. So, they're both great. I'd love both, but come, becoming a salesman is different. It's just a different thing. And like I said, I I, yeah. could, I could do either. I love doing what I'm doing now, especially with training. I mean, you know, that's just mm -hmm. you know, I got a great gig going. I love it. But um, yeah, I mean, for guys who are looking to make that transition, there's a lot to think about. There, it's a great transition, but it is completely different than what you're doing now. And I also will say this, is that um, when people ask me about becoming a sales rep that are floor guys, I tell them this. Wait till you get all the flooring out of your blood. Wait till you, you because for me, the first year of doing this was like a death in the family to me. It was like, a, I mean, like a, just, like a piece of me was missing. As much as I liked my job in, in sales, when I went to, to do that, I miss being a floor man. And I, you, you still part of you, you, you know, if, if you're, if you haven't got it out of the system that you, you know, you, you still want to sand floor, you still want to install floors or whatever. Um, that's tough because, you know, 
I mean, for a lot of floor guys, the first year, first year, you know, three years out, whatever, like I'd see a, like a thousand square foot job and I go, I think to myself, man, I could crush this job, man. <laughs> man, this would be a lot of money, man. I could, I, this, this is, you know what I mean? But that's not, that's not you anymore. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So uh, you have to get all that out of your system um, because if not, because you have to realize that's not your job anymore. Um, that's not who you are anymore. Those are skills that you have that can help you in your next job. But I've seen, I've seen exceptional floor men do, uh, that failed in a sales role. Um, and I've seen guys, salesmen that have never been floor men, uh, that are great sales reps. You know, they return phone calls and they, they, they know their product line, whatever. They understand what they don't know. And that's important too. I tell sales guys, don't ever BS a floor guy. They'll smell BS a mile away. You know what I mean? Does, if you don't know, say you don't know and, and get an answer. But you can't, the, this, is the, this, this work is too hard to do twice. I always tell the new guys, you know, guys that we're bringing in, um, yeah, don't ever pretend with a floor guy. If you're not a floor guy, don't pretend him. But, man, ask a lot of questions. Let them show you. I mean, mm-hmm. we love our craft. Yeah. And we can't wait to show somebody something mm-hmm. or teach somebody something. So that's what I've always told the new guys who didn't have a flooring background who are getting into the into the job. Is, you know, especially, you know, a lot of the kids that I work with over at training, same thing. I said, don't. Don't try to be a know-it-all with these guys. You know, ask them. I said, because they'll, they love the craft and they love showing the craft. For God's sakes. I um, I had a, a sales guy tell me that, that you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I stay in floors too. Yep, yep. And I was out on a job with him. It wasn't even a job. It was like a, like a demo warehouse, whatever. And uh, he, he took three steps behind that sander. And in three steps, I went, nope, being a floor man. <laughs> Not even close. Nope. And you telling me you sand floors? Don't do that to people. Don't 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 tell people you sand floors. Um, so that's it. And, and again, that's just some of our experiences. Experiences transitioning over uh, to a sales rep. And um, I love. I, listen, I, I was still passionate about my job as a harbor floor contractor. I loved every every bit of it, man. Every bit of it. Um, so um, uh, they're both just two different jobs. So. There you go. Thanks for everything, Rob. Again, your limited input is always welcome. This has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode. Oh.